Worship in the World is a screen-free worship experience brought to you by Downtown Church. Downtown Church is a community of unfinished people based in Columbia, South Carolina. We believe in asking honest questions while we strive to follow Christ within our own communities, loving people wherever they find themselves on their faith journey. Thank you for being with us today.
Let us pray. God of mercy, God of love, God of light, we gather to worship and praise you in your holy name. We are grateful for the privilege to assemble and come together one more time. May each of us hear, see, and receive what you have for us on this day in this place. Amen. covers our sins fully by his blood. We can never fully right our wrongs. We can never be so good, so perfect that we do not need God's grace. We need God's grace, so God invites us to confession, reminding us that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Family, let us say the prayer of admission together in your program, followed by a moment of silence. God, this mortal mind is a guilty thing. We admit we hurt our neighbors and ourselves. Some of us insist on our own way. While others give so much to others, we do not make space for our needs. We need you, O oh God, 
to help us create boundaries that serve us. Help us release the guilt we hold in our hearts. There is good news. We are covered and cleansed by the blood of Jesus. You are forgiven. You are forgiven. Thanks be to God. We are all forgiven. Amen. We are in a sermon series on forgiveness. And the reason that we need a whole series, several weeks, to talk about forgiveness is because the act, the choice to forgive, is really hard. And Jesus has a lot to say about it. So we're going to spend some time talking about it. And um, it's important to our faith. And it's also really hard, right? We all find ourselves in situations where we need to be forgiven. And in situations where we need to forgive. And sometimes we just don't want to. So we turn to Jesus to learn how. I want you to look with me in your program or in your Bible going to read from the gospel according to John chapter 8 verses 1 through 11. When Jesus went to the Mount of Olives early in the morning, he came again to the temple and all the people came to him and Jesus sat down and began to teach them. Well then the scribes and the Pharisees, they brought a woman who had been caught in adultery and making her stand before them, they said to him, teacher, this woman was caught in the very act of committing adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now, what do you say? They said this to, to Jesus to test him so that they might have a charge to bring against him. And Jesus bent down and wrote on the ground. And when they kept questioning them, then he stood up and he said to them, let any among you who is without sin throw the first rock at her. And once again, Jesus bent down and wrote on the ground. When they heard it, when they heard it, they went away, one by one, beginning with the elders. And then Jesus was left alone with this woman standing before him. Jesus straightened up and he said to her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, no one, sir. 
And Jesus said this, he said, neither do I condemn you. Go your way and, and from now on, do not sin again. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. In high school, I used to play soccer for Walter Williams High School in Burlington, North Carolina. And I wasn't that good, but I love the game. I love to play. I remember one particular game, it was in playoffs, where you have to win to advance to the next game. The score was tied one to one. And our parents in the stands were getting rowdy, excited. You know the type. And the field lights, they were shining down on us like spotlights, beams, so bright you could see the the microscopic flies. And the opposing team was on the offense and they were putting the pressure on. I played defense. I was on a team of four, the goalie, the sweeper, and the two fullbacks. And it's our job to defend the goal, not to let that ball cross into our goal. I know some of you play competitive sports, and I am here to tell you that there's nothing like girls high school, high school soccer. It is intense. I remember my coach pulling me aside and saying, Dawn, I want you to defend so close up on this person that you can tell me the flavor of the chewing gum in her mouth. <laughs> so here we are. At the end of the game, the pressure is mounting and we are hustling. And they, they they're a strong team, so they just keep coming at us, attack after attack after attack. And with one minute left in the game, I heard the refs whistle. And I watched my coach start walking onto the field and we knew the cue, that was a time out. So we jog on over, the girls get up from the bench, bring us some water, we're passing it around, we circle around our coach and we lean in as he crouches to the ground and marks out our next play. A play that would help us get the ball from the defense to the other side of the field, a play that would help those of us, the four defenders, look up and utilize more of our team. Why am I telling you this story? Well, because like my soccer coach in high school, Jesus is calling a time out. In the trial in the temple, Jesus says time out. Jesus is taking this moment to release some of the pressure when he bends to the ground and he writes. So can you imagine this scene? This is basically a Bible study, right? I need to sit down to teach. That's the only difference. Can you imagine 2,000 years ago, in the midst of Bible study, the church leaders bring a woman in. They bring her up on stage and they make her stand before everyone. They make a trial and they prosecute her. This woman was caught in the very act of committing adultery. Now, I know we've got a bunch of trial lawyers in this church, and I know that many of us have been attached to our phones watching a trial the last few weeks. This prosecution doesn't leave any room for reasonable doubt. 
None. She is guilty. And the prosecution continues by reminding us the law of Moses says all adulterers, men and women, must be stoned. And they look to Jesus and they say, what do you say? And that's when Jesus calls a time out. That's when he bends to the ground and he writes. He moves from his seated position, a position of authority. Think the seat behind the bench, right? He moves from that seated position to bended knee on the ground. And though we set the stage like Jesus is the judge and the woman is on trial, it's not really about her. The scripture tells us as much. These leaders are trying to catch Jesus in breaking the law. They are all ready to arrest him in the act of breaking the law. These officials, they know Jesus. They've been watching him. They know he has this propensity to break the law, to heal on the Sabbath, to perform miracles and feed the thousands. They are pretty sure he bends toward forgiveness. So they push this woman before her, but they really put him on the stand. And Jesus knows forgiveness is hard. That's not news to him. In fact, Jesus knows what his forgiveness will cost him in this moment. If he speaks to forgive this woman, he will be arrested and killed. So these these leaders, they're actively looking for an opportunity to seize him. And when they put him on trial, he flips their script. He models forgiveness when he bends his knee. He bends on the ground. And with his finger, he writes something. Don't you want to know what he writes? I really wish those those words didn't get left out of the scripture. I really wish we knew what he writes. There's one scholar that I really like. This scholar says, notice that he bends down twice. Look at it in the text. The first time is when they put him on trial. Teacher, what do you say? And he bends down. And this scholar thinks he draws a line on the ground between the woman and the people. And he stands up. And he says, anyone among you, throw the first stone. And then immediately he goes back down and erases the line. He's modeling with with his body, with his actions, more than his word, how to forgive. The mere fact that Jesus breaks eye contact with the people coming at him gives them space to reflect on what he has said. It gives them a chance to actually walk away. What are those words of the psalmist? The Lord is slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. Yeah, that's Jesus. And I don't know about you, but I sure wish I could be more like him. I am not. How many of us get caught up in an argument? How many of us have the propensity to raise our voice to make our point in an argument? How many of us can lose our tempers? How many of us do this thing? Probably probably not you, I do this. I just replay the argument over and over in my head. I don't know about you, but every time I replay it, I get better. (laughs) I edit the arguments and I'm ready for the next time someone comes at me. How many of us do this thing? This is what is named as sin in our scripture where, where we move from from this idea of justice or righteous anger just starts to slip in our minds to wrath. 
Many of us are holding on to a rock, at least one, maybe two, and maybe we're not actively throwing it, but we are holding on to it, and it's making us hard. And it's weighing us down. Maybe we're keeping it in our pockets, you know? Not actively in our hands, but we're just not ready to release it. Not yet. You know what I'm talking about. These stones are the family member who doesn't respect the boundary you set. These stones are the family member that cheats and steals and you know you cannot trust. These stones represent the friend that broke confidence, that shared something important of you with others. This stone represents the person that broke your heart. Maybe Maybe you carry a rock for the time when you slipped up, the time when you've been on trial, and maybe you're just holding on to this rock to hold on to guilt inside of you. Well, let me tell you what that does to you. It makes you hard, and it makes it seem impossible to forgive. Well, here's the good news. Jesus sees you. Jesus can name these stones before you can. Jesus sees you playing on the defense. Jesus sees you desperate, and he calls time out. Did you notice that Jesus gives grace to everyone in the story? Not just one person. Jesus gives grace to everyone. The woman, she gets grace because she's not stoned. She gets to walk away. The church leaders and and the people participating in the Bible study, they get grace because they don't have to participate in murder. Jesus gets grace because he's not arrested and killed. Not then. And we receive grace, you and I reading this story 2,000 years later because Jesus is giving us a time out to breathe to pass around those water bottles, to make a choice, not out of angry reaction, but thoughtful, careful response. Slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. Y'all, Jesus knows that forgiveness is hard. He knows that the sin of this woman, it doesn't just affect her. Think of her husband, think of her kids her parents. Shame from sin has this this ability to create ripple effects. It's why we have the law from Moses and from Jesus. It's to help us live in community for the health of the community. And I want us to notice that Jesus doesn't change the law. Committing adultery is a sin before, during, and after the trial. Jesus doesn't throw out that law, no. He holds her accountable. Notice at the end when he says, go, he says, and sin no more. Jesus holds her accountable. He doesn't say it's okay to commit adultery. No, that's not Jesus' grace. He upholds the law. What he does is change 
us. He gives us an opportunity to drop our stones. Drop the stones, the ones that take up real estate in your brain and in your heart, the ones that make you hard on the inside. Jesus says, here is grace. Y'all, after that um, timeout that my soccer coach called in the playoff game, we had to go back on the field. We had to play the last minute of the game. And so we too, after this time out and looking together at what Jesus might be drawing on the ground, we have to go back to our lives. And we have a choice. If we're gonna keep carrying the stone, holding tight, letting it weigh us down, or if we're gonna release it, it's our choice. Forgiveness is hard, yes. But maybe we can practice praying the words, Lord, help us, help me, know how. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. you from all of the blame I know.
forgiving God we come to you today praying for all people in need of guidance in direction in need of forgiveness open our eyes to see the forgiveness we've received and to share with others Lord we come seeking help with the hard things and yes we know forgiveness is hard but we also know nothing is impossible with you Lord, we pray for all people who have a charge to bring right now that they would, of all things they can bring to you, find something other than a charge against others. We pray for those who have moved into wrath that they may also realize they can move into love. We pray for those who may be riding the ripples of sin, whether it's theirs or someone else's, that you comfort them and give them peace. We pray for those who are holding those rocks and those stones that you will give them the power and the love to release those. We pray for all in need of a time out right now to be reminded of your grace and those who are in need of grace. And at this time, together we collectively want to say the prayer your son, our Savior, taught us to say together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Please stand with me and let us say the affirmation of faith together that you can find in your program. Family, what do we believe? I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Please remain standing and sing with us. Still. 
Forgiveness is hard. Lord, help us. Help us know how. So as we go from this place, may the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the interruption of that Holy Spirit may it be with you and with all those you love and with all those nobody loves. Go in God's peace. Amen. If you feel compelled to support the church financially, you can give a secure gift online at downtownchurch.me forward slash give.